Hey, well, good morning and welcome to week two of our brand new series. Not brand new, it's two weeks old now. It's called The Haunted Heart. We're glad you guys are here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming today. I love, 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 love worshiping with our church. I was sitting on the second row there today, and I, I was listening to a guy this week preach, and he said, I like to like I like to be out there with the people and hear them sing. And I'm kind of at a disadvantage sometimes on the second row because I'm trying to worship, but I also want to see our church worship. And I really feel like you guys are like my you guys are like sons and daughters to me spiritually. And so I want to see you worship. I want to see you engage. I want to see when the worship leader says, lift, lift your hands. I, I want to see all those things, but I also want to worship. It's kind of like a it's kind of like pastors' kids whenever. You sit bow your head and close your eyes. Most pastors' kids, they don't bow their heads and they don't close their eyes. Because apparently you can still talk to God with your eyes open. Who would have thought? You know, and they, they knew that. that kid, pastors' kids, they know that. And so we don't all know that. It's a secret. So you now know. You can pray with your eyes open. But I'm so thankful that we're here together today. Um, I used to, we used to do the offering time of our church at the very end of our, of our time together. And I, I love offering because I, when we offer up to what God's given to us, he takes it and something miraculous happens with it. He multiplies it and then he sends it all around the world. And um, I wanted to thank you guys today for your generosity. I talked to a lot of pastors and like, hey, how do you, you know, what are you guys doing for your church and your offering time? Because the offering looks different. There's no, there's no passing an offering basket by. I was talking to a guy the other day. He's like, we're gonna start passing the offering basket by. <laughs> and I'm like, why? He said, because, you know, people give when you pass the offering basket by. I said, our church people, give, when you teach people that giving is a responsibility that we have, they'll do what God's called them to do. And so I wanted to thank you guys for your generosity. It literally is changing the world. We're doing so many things. We're building homes, which we didn't get involved with the first couple of years of our church, but we're building homes right here in our city for people. Um, we're, we're helping build affordable housing. And, and um, I'll, I'll tell you about it in just a couple of weeks from now, but we've We've fed a lot of people over the last five years, well over 100,000 people in five years. It's been incredible. And um, we're doing, the, Jesus says we should take care of the people who don't have food, and we should give clean water, and we should help orphans, and we should help people who are being trafficked. And so we're doing all those things. And we couldn't do those things without your generosity. So I want to thank you guys for your generosity. I also want to thank you for your serving. Your serving allows us to serve people, which is what we're all, God's called all of us to do. Jesus said, I'm going to model that for you. I didn't come to be served, but I actually came to serve. And so when you're serving today, and when you're serving across the campus here at Hope Church, you're being like Jesus. And when you're giving, you're being like Jesus. And when you're serving, you're being like Jesus. And when you're in a group, you're in a community group, you're being like Jesus because Jesus is in a community group, okay? And so I just want to thank you guys. We have so many leaders in here today that are doing all things all across the campus. And I just want to thank you guys. I, I really believe this, that gratitude will change your attitude. Gratitude will change your attitude. I'm always, I'm always trying, to be in a, I'm trying to be in a constant state of thankfulness and gratitude. When you are in a constant state of gratitude, thankfulness, you're not complaining about what you don't have, which we all can complain. When I walk on the gas station, people say, how's it going? I say, it's going pretty good. I can't complain. And they say, well, wouldn't help you if you did anyways. And I really feel like that. Like complaining has never really helped, never really helped anything. And so I just feel like, man, we got to be in an attitude of gratitude. So I wanted to thank you guys this morning for all that you do to make this your church. This isn't Wes and Dinah's church. I got to watch my kids on the one benefit of being the second row. I got to watch my two little kids, um, two of my kids in the service today. I don't know where the other two are at. <laughs> um, but I'm glad two, two out of four are at least 50%. It's not that bad. And um, I just, I, I love watching them. But you guys are helping raise my kids in this church. And you're serving all around. And so I just want to thank you guys. If you're not a part of the team, 
we want to invite you to be a part of the team, and um, we'd love to have you. And, and I think if you help us, we can help a lot more people in this city. And so you're invited. You you're got, got an invitation. You ever get those invitations nowadays? They, no, there's no more invitations hardly ever now. Now it comes on, a, on an Evite through your My phone's usually in my back pocket. But usually you have a, you, the Evite now. It comes to your phone. People are like, yo, you ain't worth 50 cents a stamp. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you, I, you are worth the time it takes to put together an Evite. And you send out that Evite and, and the information... And the information, it gets there eventually. And so here, consider that your Evite, okay? Um, I was too lazy to set it up. I'm just now inviting you to come be a part of the team with us. And we set all this up on Saturday night. It's awesome. We have a good time. And I think a lot of people, they come into church and they have like PTSD from their other churches. And uh, we want to let you know if you came in burned out, then sit and just hang out for a while. And if you came in like, yo, I want to help, do something. I don't want to work four Sundays, four Sundays out of the year, four Sundays every month. Nobody wants to, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I do, but I, we just want you to come and be a part of it because when you're serving, you're like Jesus. And you're like, does that have, what are we talking about, serving and giving the message? No, I just want to tell you guys that. I love you guys, and I'm, just, I'm, I'm glad to do this with you guys. Hey, we're in a series called The Haunted Heart. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, guard your heart above all else. If you're going to guard something, make sure, <clears throat> make, sure you guard, make sure you guard your heart. You need to guard you need to guard your heart above all else. And here's why you have to. The Bible tells why. Because for it determines the course of your life. If you're, wherever your heart is going, it's where you're going. So you want, if you're going to guard something, make sure you guard your, guard your heart. I, I like trucks. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm not like a big, big, big truck guy. Phil's here today. He's got these huge trucks, the kind that you have to like get a running start and jump as high as you can to get. It's like a hurdle to get in these trucks. And I, I would, I'm not against them. I, I like them, but it's like they're big. I mean, some of those trucks, you see those, those big, big, big trucks, they have those guardrails on their front of them, and they're going out in the middle of nowhere, and, and they're just ramming into things. When your truck's that big, you can just run into anything. And, and you, they're on there to protect the, the body of the truck. They're on there to protect the body of the truck. And I want to I let you know, like, you should work on your body and your soul and your mind, your spirit, all those things. I get so worried for people that run really fast because people that run really fast, they usually crash really hard. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and I was like, you got to slow down. Like, your pace is not healthy. Your pace is not healthy. And we get going because we don't really see our heart. But our heart is a vital, vital piece of where we're headed because the Bible says it determines the course of your life. Your heart does. And so last week we looked at this word guilt and we, we learned last week that guilt, guilt can haunt your heart. Guilt will, guilt will haunt your heart. It, it, will, it will come after your heart and you've got to make sure that you don't live in guilt because the guilt eventually, if you don't deal with the guilt in your life, then the guilt turns to shame. And then you find yourself in what I call the shame the shame cycle. We, learned, we talked about how it will squeeze you and I had the belt on last week, but the guilt will, it will squeeze you to death. And you're not, you weren't, you don't, your shoulders aren't big enough. Gabe talked about it. Your shoulders aren't big enough and, and you're not strong enough to carry the guilt that you have in your life. You've got to offload that guilt and God's a great place to offload that guilt because he's given us freedom. You can't, you can't be balancing, balancing freedom and guilt. It's, it's hard to balance both of those things. So if you have any guilt in your life, then give that guilt to God. His shoulders are wide enough to take the guilt from you. And forgiveness Forgiveness will help you, from Jesus will help you get rid of that guilt. And the Bible, James talks about confession, and we want to help you get rid of the guilt. We, God can help you get rid of the guilt so that you don't live in shame, so that you're not wandering around, going nowhere. But today I want to change gears with you today, and I want to talk about anger today. I want to talk about anger today. And this is a series that really is really practical, because I think before you know it, if you, if you look at your life uh, if you look at your life well, maybe some of you guys, you don't, or look at your heart really well, but it's sometimes easy for anger to kind of well up, well up in, your, in your life. And so I wrote down this idea about anger, but anger, 
Anger will haunt your heart. Now, here's what I've learned. I was telling this series, like, this series, like, sometimes these, these things, they, they come to me supernaturally, and they kind of come as they go. And, like, each week, I'm like you. I'm in the seat. As I'm preparing, I'm basically in the seat listening to the thing. But I really thought, well, you know, being, being guilty is not that big of a deal. But it is really a big deal because then it turns into shame, and you weren't meant to live in shame. And I was, I was telling that, I learned something really cool this week about this idea of anger. And so many people struggle with, with anger, and the reason why anger... Capturing your anger is a big deal because if you don't get your angerness and you don't like capture that anger in your heart, then that anger, it leads to bitterness. And this is in the notes today, but there's, here's, what, here's what I, this was like the biggest thing I learned this week. There's enough bitter people in the world. There's plenty. You don't have to go far to meet somebody who's bitter. Literally, whether they know it or not, it, you don't have to go very far. My mom told me one time there's two types of old people. There's nice ones and there's mean ones. <laughs> I'm like, mom, that's profound. But I thought to myself, man, there, there are enough people in this world that are, that are bitter. What happens is they, they were angry and they never dealt with the anger. And now they find themselves in, in this bitterness. But they've been bitter for so long that sometimes it's actually not even possible to even remember why they were even angry in the first place. Because everything has made them angry and they don't know what made them angry because they're in the bitterness stage. And there's lots of things that can make you angry. I could begin to shoot off some things that you would say, yeah, 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 that makes, me, that makes me angry. Like, for example, your neighbor's dog. That can make you angry if it barks all night long. I was at a house last night. I did a wedding for a, a couple in our church. They have, they, their friends host the wedding, five acres. If someone's got five acres, you know there's a chicken nearby. <laughs> it's just, that's just reality. That's nothing. That, that's just facts. Like, you know some, there's some li- a few weeks ago, we got a, there's a guy that has a farm right down the street. It's called Do Good Farms. And he does a lot of stuff for the, for the he tries to give back all around the world. But he, the other day, the kids walked to the church. He's like, Dad, there's a goat outside. We don't have that where I'm from. I'm from the city. We don't have, we don't have goats in our neighborhood. However, we eventually, sometimes we live in a coey, but every once in a while, we'll have a turkey come through there. Like, yo, what's up, turkey? It's Thanksgiving's coming. You better go hide, bro. I don't know where turkeys go to hide, but you don't want to come in my neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Like, We'll shoot you. Um, your neighbor's dog. Maybe being late. Some of us in here today, you don't have that problem. But some of us don't like that. And there's a 100% chance if you're married here, that one of you guys are okay with being late and the other one's not okay with it. And usually it's the lady. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But maybe being, ang- maybe being late, that makes you angry. How many of you guys being late makes you angry or someone else is late? Yes, these are my people. Let's go. You know, it's hard to get you guys to raise your hand and worship. But if I ask you about being late, you're like, yo, I, I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so offended. We, maybe that gets you angry or maybe laziness. How many of you guys don't like lazy people? Every parent in the world raised their hand. That, that makes me angry. Maybe, maybe selfish people. I, I don't have a whole lot of friends that are selfish. Like I may know some people who are selfish, but I don't. I, I like to, all these core values that you see around the church, like generosity and encouragers. Like I, all, we, all those core values that you see everywhere that we put on magnets and we put everywhere around the, I, I believe all those core values. That's, those are the, and my friends typically look like those core values or we just become acquaintances. But my closest friends, they believe in those things. If you're, if you're generous, probably your closest circle is, is generous. You kind of friends that you go to the restaurant and you guys fight for the bill. You, you have generous, like if you're, if you're generous, probably you are. Oh, we always say this, that you're the average of your five closest friends. Maybe, maybe um, your ex-wife or your ex-husband, maybe they make you angry. I did a wedding last night, guys. We did communion. I shared the gospel. These guys did their own vows. And this, this guy, th- this, this, this couple that got married, 
invited, the, the guy invited his ex-wife and her girlfriend to the wedding. And she, the, the, the bride, does, does her vows, and she, she's talking about she's so thankful that the ex-wife and her girlfriend are at, are at the wedding. And I'm sharing the gospel with all these people. We did, I mean, I'm like, hey, don't take communion unless you're saved. I'm giving the gospel presentation out of stinking wedding. I, it was so awesome. I thought, to my, I went up to the lady, I said, I am, this is a first for me. And she goes, what? I said, I've never been at a wedding where the, where the exes came to the wedding. I said, this is so cool that you're here. I went to, this, I went to the guy and I said, dude, why did you guys invite them? He said, we, we wanna, we're trying to love everyone like the way Jesus loves us. I'm like, dude, you guys are, you guys are at the right church because we want to love people at all times and all places. I love, I love maybe, maybe, that will make you, maybe that will make you angry, but that's not normal, right? Like we know that's not normal. Like I'm going to invite my ex-spouse. You know, like they make me so angry that usually that's normal. They make me angry and the angerness it turns to, but there's maybe mask, maybe wearing a mask makes you angry. Everyone laughed, you're, 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 it makes you angry. <laughs> maybe that makes you angry. Or maybe politics, maybe politics makes you angry. Maybe politicians make you angry, but maybe politics <clears throat> make you angry. And uh, I, I don't believe that this is a place to tell you what to do with your politics. But here's what I would tell you. Everything you post on social media right now, the next few weeks, it communicates. And either you're pushing people away from the gospel or you're trying to help people push people towards the gospel. So if you're like, oh, that, that should have been under the guilty. That should have been under the week on guilt because that just made me feel really just, I would just, I think you should go out and vote. I think you ought to pray. I think the Bible says that God puts the rules and authorities in place that he wants to be in the place. I don't think you should put all your faith and all your hopes in politics because I think we got to put all of our hope in Jesus. Anybody else just with me on that? we got to put our hope, like, yeah, thank you, Josh, me and Josh. <laughs> You get a clap, you get a clap, you get a clap. Maybe politics makes you angry. <clears throat> Maybe racism makes you angry. Maybe when people don't like people because of the color of their skin, that makes you, that makes you angry. Maybe someone hurts you, and that makes you angry. And that's a v valid thing. But if you don't deal with that anger, that angerness, or that being angry, it will actually turn It'll turn to bitterness. Let me look at a story with you today where we see anger introduced. Last week we looked at guilt introduced in the Bible in Genesis chapter 3. One chapter later, we see anger introduced into the Bible. I mean, all the series is just stacking up. So Adam and Eve, last week, they sinned. They felt guilty and shame and all those things. They have kids. They, ha they had kids and they had a son. Um, uh, Genesis chapter 4 verse 1 says, now Adam and Eve, they had a kid. And that's what it says there. There's some kids in here. So they, they had a kid. And the Bible says they, she gave birth to Cain with the Lord's help. In my, in my Bible, I underline the word with the Lord's help because I believe nothing you have comes without the Lord's help. I believe that I, everything I have, everything I have going for me, it's all because of the Lord and the Lord's help. Verse 2 says this, later she gave birth to his brother and his name was Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. Two sons, two different vocations, two different jobs. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops to the Lord. Some. Um, if, you're, if you have a Bible today, I know a lot of us don't hear today, but if you circle the word some or if you're using the app, would you highlight the word, highlight the word some? So the one son, Cain, he gave some of his crops. Verse 4 says this, Abel also brought a gift, but this is what the gift that he brought. One son brought some. The other son brought the best of the firstborn lamb. The old, I just want to, this is a freebie to say, everything in the Bible is pointing towards the lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. Everything is pointing. From Genesis chapter 3, we see everything pointing because we needed a firstborn. Jesus was God's firstborn son, 
and he was spotless, never ever sinned. And the Bible says that this, this young man, Abel, he brought the best and he brought the first. Come on, somebody. He's tithing already in Genesis chapter 4. The Bible says, but the, the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, or Abel, depending on how you say it. Verse 5 says this, but he did not accept Cain's gift. This made Cain very angry. And the anger began to set in. He didn't deal with the anger. He didn't say, you know what, there's anger. I need to figure out where, that, where that's coming from. You gotta stop looking, stop looking, listen. That sounds, sounds good to me, Michelle. I don't know. Like, stop looking, stop what you're doing, look around and see what's going on and, and listen to your body, listen to the people that are around you, listen to God, listen to God's word. Like, he, didn't, he just stayed, I'm angry. He just kept on rolling. Like, I'm ticked off. And I deserve to be ticked off because here's what he says, verse 6 Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. We got one brother who did what was right, God bless it. We got one brother who didn't do what was right and he didn't get blessed. There's just something in there. I was telling our team today, one of our core values is we are generous. You, you can never go wrong being obedient. You can never, because generosity and, and serving and giving, those are just acts of obedience. Jesus gave us life to us, and he's asked us to serve and to give. People will know that you love me by the way that you love other people. Like Jesus, like he tells us to do these things. The things I'm asking you to do, the core values, it all comes from the Bible. And Jesus says, if you do what the Bible tells you to do, you're going to be blessed. And if you don't, you won't be blessed. Now, it may look like blessing. You can never, ever give a day in the world and be like, man, things are going great for me. Things are going great for me. But the Bible, that may not be a blessing. And blessing isn't just financial. Blessing may be spiritual, maybe physical, maybe health. Like you, he says here that you, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's mental. You ever thought that your obedience could be attached to your mental and your, and your mental well-being? Or your spiritual or your physical or your mental? He never dealt with the anger, the Bible says. Verse 7, or verse 7 says, you will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching out the door, at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. You've got to figure out the thing that's making you angry because if not, it just stays in there and it becomes the master. The Bible says you can't serve two masters because you'll love one and you'll hate the other. You have to have one master, and his name is Jesus. God, the Lord of the Lord of your he needs to be the Lord of your life. He tells us in the story, like, hey, you have to figure out the things that trigger you because if not, the triggers become your master. And we all have them. One of those words that I read off to you today, it triggered you. Lateness triggers me. I told our teammate, like, hey, we got to be on time, guys. Like, like, what is on time? I defined it for him, all you business leaders in your day. Early is on time, and on time is late. Got a couple amens out of you guys. I appreciate that. One day, verse 8. One day, a lot can happen in one day. Verse 8, one day, one day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and he killed him. What a savage. Just gone. Took his life just like that. Not because he was, he was angry at him, but because he was bitter. And when you're bitter... You do bad things. When you're bitter, you don't practice self-control because you can't have self-control and bitterness at the same exact time. The Bible says they're fruits of the Spirit that God's given. If you're a Christian here, say God's given every single one of you the, fruit, the fruits of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit, depending on how you look at it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. He didn't have any of those things. Because the Bible says he was so bad that he went out there one day, a lot can happen in one day, he went out there, he just, he just killed his brother. Verse 9, afterward... The Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel at? He double questioned him. And Cain says, I don't know. 
Am I my brother's keeper if you're KJV, old school? He says, am I my brother's guardian? How would I know? He asked him the question, how would I know where my brother is at? And I'm sure Jesus is thinking, you don't want to ask, you don't want to play the question game with me. In youth group, we play the question game where you just fire off questions. And if you ever stop, you lose. Jesus is like, you don't, God's like, you don't want to, you don't want to play this game with me. I already know where your brother's at. I'm asking you where your brother's at. I'm trying to drive him a point here today. I need you, I need you to understand what's going on here. And he says, dude, I don't know. Verse 10 says, but the Lord said, what have you done? Again, he asked a question that he don't know the answer. What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now, now, Bible says, you are cursed and you're banished from the ground which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you. Remember, he was the guy that dealt with the crops. Abel was the guy who was the shepherd. And the Bible says that you're now banished from the ground which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer, no longer, underline that in my Bible, no longer will the ground yield good crops for you. <clears throat> no matter how hard you work, from now on you will be a homeless wanderer here on this earth. Why did that happen to him? Because he was, because he was angry. And the angriness turned to Bitterness. And if you're here today and you have something that made you angry a long, long time ago, it's still, it's, it's still real. My, my wife always tells us, if, like, if you have a pain, then that pain is real to you. It, it really hurts. And like what hurts you in the front row may not hurt me, it may not hurt me, it may not hurt the people in the back row. And what hurts Abel up here tonight, that may not, that may, it may not hurt me. I might not have the same pain that Abel has, but we still have the pain. And the pain, the pain is real. The pain is real. And so I'm not here today to dispel the, the pain and the thing that made you really angry. I'm not, it really happened and it really hurt. I get that. But I want to help navigate you away from the anger. I want to help get you out of the cycle. Because I feel like a lot of times for us as Christians sometimes, and where if you have this angerness issue, I feel like you're always wandering around looking for a fight. And you're always like, you're ready to go. Anything can just tick you off really quick. Like you're actually walking around with punching gloves, ready to go, looking for a fight. And some of you guys here today, you don't struggle with angerness, so you're like, I have no idea why he has those gloves. But those of you guys in your day that you get easily ticked off, set off, frustrated, whatever word you use for that, I'm a Christian, so I don't use whatever word you use, but <laughs> pastor jokes. You're just looking for a fight, ready to go. They have help put these on. When you go box, they have guys that put these on for you. I don't need those guys. so strong. I don't even need those guys. My kids love when I get stuff from Amazon. It's like, what do you have those for? I said, this is to help people set, I, these are going to help set people free today. <laughs> and you're laughing, but you're going to remember this. We're just looking for a fight, ready to go. You're on Facebook. I hope someone disagrees with my post. I have people disagree with my post all the time. My numbers used to be really good. Like, it was usually like one out of every hundred posts. But now it's like, it's like, it's, it's, it's becoming two to one. Like they're just like, for every two, every, every time I post something positive, I have a hundred likes, I have a bunch of haters. And the ones that are afraid to come after me, because they know I got people like you in my corner, they go right to my message. They go right to my messages. I'm like, why don't you go to my comments? <laughs> I don't even fight those battles anymore. I just have people attack those people. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm kidding. 
We're just looking for a fight, ready to go, just angry, just so mad, so frustrated. What happens is it turns into bitterness. I was telling my guy, my sons on the way here today that when boxers, when boxers fight, they actually wrap their hands before they put them in these gloves so their hands are really, really tough on the inside. And the calluses are, they're, they're beginning to, they begin to build up and they're just ready to go and their hands are, are really, really tough. And some of you guys in here today, you're walking around with proverbial cauliflower ear. You're like, you've been, you've been in so many fights that you're just calloused up. You just, you just, you can take a punch to the face like nothing makes you angry anymore because you've been angry for so long that you, it's actually moved to bitterness. And I wrote down a couple of things that the anger in this will do to you today. And, and here's the first one. I know this is going it to, it'll, it'll haunt your heart. Shut up, Josh. Who would have thought you need your actual finger to move these, move this thing? But when you're angry, being angry, it won't help you worship. Being angry won't help you worship. Hey, you were created to worship. Everything you do is worship. 1 Corinthians 10, chapter 31, verse says this, or chapter 10, chapter 10, verse 31. So whatever you eat, whatever you drink, Whatever you do, it should all be for worship. Everything you do should be for worship. Your marriage, the way you do politics, everything, social media, your work, how you vote, the way you take care of your body, your giving, your serving, your praying, all of that is worship. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says this, everything was created by God and it was created for God. Everything you do is worship, church. I know some of you are thinking, man, worship is that song that we were singing in the, in, the, in, the first, in the first part of the time that we were together this morning. Like, no, that's not worship. Everything you do is worship. Where you go, what you do, it's all worship. Imagine how silly it would look today and if we were singing, you know, a song that we've been singing. And I'm on the front row worshiping God with boxing gloves. <laughs> like, look how silly this looks. You're with me in the morning. You know, like. He's doing a new thing. Like, that would look so silly if I was out here with, with boxing gloves on. You'd be like, what is wrong with this guy? I mean, you knew something was wrong with me, but like, it would make you question that even more. You were made to worship. And being angry, you can't be bitter and be worshipped at the same exact time. You, you can't be angry and worshipped at the same exact time. You need, you need to be free so that you could, you could, you could worship. Here's the second thing in here today. Some of you guys in here today, I think, I think I've been using this word a lot recently, but some of you guys in here today, you, you're angry, and being angry, it won't heal your wounds. When those guys get in the corner, they sit down, and, and, the, and the gloves are wrapped, and a guy walks up to them, and you got a, in the blood, and they take Vaseline, they, they gob the Vaseline on their face, they take water, and they spray it all over their face, and they shoot water in their mouth, and because they can't heal, they can't, they have the gloves on. They, you can't even move an iPad with these gloves on. They have the guy take care of them. And the guy puts the, the butterfly bandage on there, and, and the guy gets them together, and the guy the muscles are tight from being so tense for so long, and the guys are on there, and they're rubbing their neck, and they're massaging them, they're, they're shaking the arms off, and they're trying to get them loose because they want to make sure that he's ready to go for the next round, and, and you're going back and forth. But some of you guys here today, you walked in here today, and you're, you're a walking wound. And you're not getting healed because what you're doing is you're taking, the, you, you have an itch or a wound, you're, you got your gloves on, and all you're doing is just scratching off the scab. You're just, you're just tickling the wound. Like you're not, you're not getting better because you can't, you don't have, you can't take the, you can't use these and take off the ointment and put the ointment on. You can't, you can't do that. You and I were made to worship. You and I were meant to be living wound free. 
But the wounds happen. And I want to say to you today, I don't want anybody to mis, mis, misconstrue what I'm saying today. The wounds are real. Hashtag the struggle is real. I get that. It really happened. When people tell me they don't go to church and they tell me why they don't go to church, I totally understand why they don't go. When people tell me they don't trust guys anymore, I totally get why they say it. When people say I don't trust people anymore, I lost hope in humanity, I totally understand. People do bad things because hurt people hurt people. I get that. But you know what I also know? That healed people help heal people. And I would just choose that rather than wounding people. I want to help more people. I want to help more people. And being angry and trying to worship, I can't, I can't do it. Cain had a wound that never got healed. Never, ever, ever got healed. And because it never got healed, it turned to bitterness. How long do you think Cain lived his life with knowing that he killed his brother? You know how much damage that did to him? Some of you guys have seen some crazy things in your lifetime. Some of you guys look at me sometimes you're like, this guy, he's young. He hasn't seen anything yet. But I know this. I want to make sure I fix every wound. I want to make sure I give every wound I have to God so I don't walk around bleeding on, bleeding on other people. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to hurt more people. Like I've hurt a lot of people. I don't want to hurt any more people. I want to, I want to keep on making sure my life is right so I can help people. I want to help some people and hurt some people and help some people. I want to be helping more people than I'm doing, doing the damage to. So, my question today is that what, what wounds do you need healed? What are the wounds in your life right now that you need to give, that you need to give to God? Because we all, we all have them. You'll be better. We have these group leaders in here today. I'm seeing them all across the way. And I thought to myself, People never want, the number one reason why people don't want to be group leaders is, is because they think you have to be perfect to be a group leader. And I'm looking at these group leaders, and they are so far from perfect. They're so far from perfect. You know what they decided to do? They decided to heal some, to, to allow God to heal some of the wounds. They decided to, to live a life of worship. They're trying to do the, the best they, they're trying to, whatever they eat, whatever they drink, whatever they do, they, they're trying to do it the best they can, do it all for the glory of God. That's what they're trying to do. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a progression, not a perfection. And they all they all know that. So here's the last thing that I want you to know today. It's this. How do we deal with anger? Forgiveness is how you deal with anger. And I wrote down this, this is for you. Take a picture, write it down. Forgiven people forgive people. Forgiven people, they, that's, they forgive people. I think I've told you guys this, but I got really hurt last year, November. And I was so mad. And I was hurt. And I was frustrated. And I was angry. And I, I was here with anger. And I just decided, I'm not going to let anybody else hurt me ever again. But the only way to not ever get hurt ever again is to not open up to anybody else ever again. Could you imagine what it would be like for me not opening up with you guys? <laughs> like, that would be like, I would be like, I come because... Wes is sharing things that he's working through. And so I was, I was so mad. I was, I was sharing this at a corporate event last week. And I was so mad that I was like, fine, I'm not going to let anybody else hurt me ever again. You know what I realized in that moment? The pain of never letting anyone else hurt me again was actually worse than the pain that I experienced. You with me on that? Like, sometimes I, I, I just, God developed that in my mind, in my heart, like, 
the pain of saying, you know what, I'm not going to let anyone else hurt me ever again. I'm going to quit loving all people at all times and all places that are messy and screwed up and all kinds of issues like me. I'm going to quit doing all that. Just put a, put a guard up, build some calluses up, and just, just be the guy that sits in a green room and never is out with the people, not doing the restaurant thing no more, not hanging out, not trying to really get into people's lives and trying to figure out what's going on and, and really just trying to be with them. That, to me, was worse than the pain. Because you know what? The pain's gone. The pain doesn't last forever. Pain doesn't last forever. God did, when I was here, God did surgery on my heart. And he opened me up and took that pain out. He said, hey, get back out there. Go get, go get hurt again. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. I'm out here getting hurt again. It's awesome. I love it. Quit sending me messages on Facebook. I'm trying my best to help people. Usually the people that don't like what I say, are, it's always Christians. It's never been a lost person. <laughs> I'm like, you're a Christian, but you should go to the hot place. You know, that's what I'm thinking in my mind. I just love them. Just love them where I'm at. Like, meet me at the comments. <laughs> I want to encourage you today, if you've been forgiven today by the blood of Jesus, if you've been forgiven by God, the creator of the universe, hey, let's start forgiving people again. Let's let some people off the hook. Hey, if, if, I, if, if, if I hurt Michelle, and, and, or, if, if, or, or vice versa, and, you know, we're, just, we're into it, and, I just, and it was, there was mutual hurt there. We may not ever be best friends ever again. We might not ever hang out and have coffee ever again. But I could let that go, and she, or she could let me go. I think sometimes it's like when we're boxing, it's like we're actually, we're just air boxing. And so we're like, I'm swinging at Michelle. Like, Michelle's like, not even in the room. Doesn't even know I'm mad at her, but I'm just swinging at her. And that's how silly that looks. And I'm just swinging my arms. You know, I'm just, she's not even there. You've heard the saying, bitterness is like me drinking the poison and wishing somebody else, would, the other person would die. Isn't that silly? T.D. Jakes says this. I've mentioned T.D. Jakes one time. What I'm about to say is so freeing. And someone left the church over. Here's what T.D. Jake said. He said this, that forgiveness is a gift that you give yourself. And I love that, Debbie. And I was like, yo, that is so good. That is so, 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 so good. I was in my car riding, a car on, on the way home from a quick trip to the mountains with my kids. And I thought to myself, forgiveness is not a gift. It is a gift that you give yourself. But forgiveness is a gift that God's given to all of you guys in here today. Are you, are you living forgiven? Are you living the forgiven life? Because forgiven people forgive people. You just keep on rolling. I look at all these business owners in here today. Every one of them in here today have been screwed by somebody, hurt by somebody. They've been frustrated by somebody. Every single one of them have. I, I, would, I know that. Every, you know, you know they don't do? Well, I'm going to go work for somebody else. I'm going to go put my dream away and go put my passion away and put their, they don't, they don't take their ball and go home. They keep on trusting people. They keep on trusting because that's how they, they need people to run these businesses. And so I want to encourage you today. I don't care where you're at here. If you're, if you're, wherever you fit in in that circle, would you forgive again? Let's forgive again. I invite you to stand to your feet. We're going to sing a song. I could tell you what it is, but I don't know what it is. But would you bow your head and would you close your eyes? And I don't want you to leave here the same way you came in. So would you take a moment where you're at? And would you have a conversation with God right where you're at? Just bow your head and close your eyes. Would you have a conversation with God? You need to let somebody off the hook right now. 
you need to tell somebody in your seat today, you need to tell God, God, whatever happened to me at 13, I'm leaving that in that gymnasium at the YMCA that they call a church. You just need to go ahead and say that now, wherever you're at. Or you need to say, God, I, I've, I've hurt somebody and they may not, I may not ever see them again, but I'm gonna forgive them and I hope they forgive me. You need to make it right wherever you are. Just take that moment and ask God for forgiveness right now. Or maybe you would just forgive somebody else right now because forgiving people forgive people. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Come on, sing hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Sing hallelujah. separated us, God, from bitterness, Lord. So help us today, God, to offer forgiveness, God, to, to offer, God, mercy, Lord. God, remind us of the mercy that you give us. God, the mercy, the forgiveness, the grace you offer to us, Lord. God, help us, Lord, to let go, Father. God, remind us that, that you've given everything to us, God, so that we have no right, Lord, to withhold anything. God, but help us to be like you and to be freely giving, Lord. Maybe to let some things go, Father. God, and trust, Lord, that you're going to make it right. That you're going to change our hearts, Lord. So, God, we thank you for today, God. We thank you for what you've done, God, for the word that you gave to us, Lord. May we take it. May we apply it to our lives. And may we be quick to praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We will see you guys next week.